We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. And welcome back. All right. We are still uh, hanging out here tonight. And being that it is a Monday night, tomorrow will be the first mayoral debates here in St. Louis. Tashara Jones, Kara Spencer will actually have a great opportunity to react to that in the first hour of the show tomorrow in the eight o'clock hour. And I, we could actually talk about it this hour, too. If there's anything that you wish you had the opportunity to ask the candidates when it comes to the direction of the city of St. Louis, how they would approach certain things, how they would spend money. Uh, that was the story here that you just heard with the news here on KMOX. I wanted to also talk about what's going on at the southern border. And this one headline really made my eyes pop out. I saw it and it was like a cartoon going back to the Looney Tune era where, you know, someone will drop a piano on your toe and uh, your eyes bug out uh, or, you know, something like that. Here's the headline. U.S.-Mexico border traffickers earned as much as $14 million a day last month, last month during the Biden administration. I'm trying to figure out exactly how the Biden administration is discouraging people from coming and trying to enter this country illegally, because during a press conference at the White House, them saying we encourage people to legally come to our country is not cutting it. And even some of the different reporters point out, why isn't that message getting out there? I don't think that the Biden administration wants to get that message out there. If they really did, they would try to enforce this a little more. I think one of the biggest problems that we're running into on the border is that they hate Donald Trump so much, that is uh, Democratic politicians, that anything that he implemented or did during his presidency, even if it worked, even if it was the, the, uh, the right thing to do for the time, they just don't care. They'll, they're ready to just scorch earth, burn it all down. And even if it was the right thing, just get rid of it. Right. And I think immigration policy in the way that the Trump administration was handling it is much better than the way they're handling it now. I think that when you have people trying to enter this country and they find loopholes or they find, you know, the right script to read or they try to take advantage of our immigration policies or how relaxed some things are. They take advantage of children to try to get through or whatever it is, at least during the Trump administration, they were trying to find ways to end that. And they were trying to make a pretty strong stance to say that this is not how we do things here. 
This is not how we handle immigration. We just don't make it so you can cross an imaginary line or in some cases uh, hop a fence or whatever, cross a river. And then once you're here, you're done. It's over, right? You're just going to be able to get out immunity free. And when President Trump lost the election and President Biden took over and started signing all these executive orders, I think that sent a clear message that, oh, there's a new sheriff in town. We'll be able to get away with this because this is what Democrats do. They allow for this type of policy. Uh, It doesn't matter that we're in the middle of a pandemic where very easily American citizens are told to stay at home, not to come in contact with other people, not to get in close quarters. Don't travel. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, you as an American citizen are highly restricted in so many different states and encouraged by the federal government through the Biden administration not to do so. But then you turn around and they say, oh, you know, whatever. When it comes to the southern border. okay. Yeah, right. And uh, people are picking up on this hypocrisy. In fact, even over the weekend when it came to ABC News, they were even starting to point out things have gotten worse. They don't want to admit that it's worse. And because it is worse and they're still not trying to admit it like they have their head in the sand, it's making things even exponentially worse. Like, uh, So here's ABC News over the weekend. The pressure is tremendous. And to do that 180 without really any preparation, he owns this now. He owns it. And Laura, he really does. And and should they have been more aware? I mean, they really seem tone deaf to the politics of this as well. You heard Mayorkas trying to do cleanup, I think, there, trying to send this strong message. But is it too late? Well, that's why you see, Martha, so many of the administration officials, including Mayorkas, as well as Roberta Jacobson, the southern border coordinator for the White House, they're starting to change their tune. They're starting to say, We're not just saying don't come. We're saying don't come like this ever and come in the legal fashion. But again, uh, there are so many, there's such a big influx. And I was just talking to local advocates here in El Paso yesterday, and they were saying that they feel as though beyond the rollback of the remain in Mexico, which they felt as though uh, went well, according to the advocates and activists. Beyond that, they feel as if the White House doesn't have a plan in terms of how to address not just the children, but also the adults and the families that are coming over here. Mm. And it's it's even worse because it continues to get worse. And they're right. And have you seen the photos that Project Veritas posted today? So they were actually showing what it's like inside of these different uh, facilities down on the southern border and the way that the people and the children are being housed. And when you go back to the Trump administration, this was a worldwide tragedy and even other uh, people in other countries and even Democrats here in the United States pointed at that and said, oh, this should be a war crime. This should, he's a criminal. This, you know, they look at this and they say this is humanitarian uh, uh, crisis. And uh, look at him. He's a he's a whatever, fill in the blank name that they wanted to call Donald Trump, because this is what we uh, were dealing with on the southern border. There's a big difference here, because in a way, Donald Trump was trying to deal with the relaxed immigration policies and the impression that the United States was open to anyone that wanted to come in. And he was trying to change that in many different ways, either discouraging uh, the flow of illegal immigration through a wall or working with Mexico and trying to get them to cut it out, as in, you know, you get these uh, migrant camps and uh, giant groups of people coming through. We need to stop them before they get to the border. You got to tell them, you know, this is just not something that uh, we could do alone. It, it would be great if Mexico can hop in and try to do that. And, and in a certain way, they were receptive to the idea. But part of the the problem that we run into is that through the four years of Donald Trump and everything that happened on the southern border, 
They made this look like this was the uh, biggest crisis in the history of the world. And now it's the Biden administration. Things have gotten, I don't know what, four times worse. And it's whatever. We'll, we'll give it 30 seconds on our newscast tonight. But they don't want to acknowledge that the reason why it's worse is because of their efforts to just downplay it to begin with. And they're just not addressing it the way that they should. It's a problem. It is a problem. And during today's White House briefing, the border issues were addressed. Photographs have started to come out, leak out because they won't allow the press to go down and see it for themselves. Yeah, they won't allow the press. And so many other people saying this is the first time ever as a member of the press, we haven't been allowed to preview these government facilities and purposely them trying to hide it should be part of the uh, scandal alone. But they're really not addressing it there, too. I think there's probably some people here that would look at it and say, oh, this is actually an upgrade. This is better. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Fall in line with the rhetoric that the White House is throwing out there right now. But let's talk more about what happened at the White House briefing later uh, earlier today and some of the different questions that were brought up on the border. I want to talk about that coming up, too. And we'll do that right after the break. Are you watching what's going down at the U.S. border right now? Are you very discouraged that they're downplaying this? Do you like that the Biden administration is looking at this and saying, oh, no, don't no reason to look behind the curtain like the great and powerful Oz. No reason to look behind the immigration curtain on the southern border. We It's all good. All good in the hood, y'all. You're not allowed to look at it. Do you like that? The approach of the White House right now? We could take some of your calls. I would like to hear from you tonight. Uh, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120 on Overnight America KMOX. Next Level Listening. News Radio 1120 AM, 98.7 FM, KMOX. The voice of St. Louis. Getting some good text messages in with the problems we're having at the border right now. It's definitely a topic that we should be giving the Biden administration a lot more grief. But for some reason, they're getting a lot of passes right now from most of the uh, Biden supporters seem to enjoy the fact that we're got this giant crisis on the border right now. They're just living into it. But you might not feel the same way. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. Some text messages that came in. Um, Biden has made a disaster at the border. Another text message that came in, um, who is going to raise all the minors? That's an interesting thing. The unaccompanied minors, there are a lot of them coming in through the southern border right now. What really happens there? We've noticed that during some of these traffickers, there's I, I read this one article where they're coming in with certain wristbands of certain colors to indicate what part of the travel that you know when they hopped on this migrant caravan or where they came from or if they've been paid up all the way and the big news headline is just really disgusting is to think that there are traffickers that are making 14 million dollars a day as of last month trying to traffic as many people as they can to the border because they realize this is the time you know the getting is good the regulation is low and they're getting everything through and i want you to know that these traffickers abuse the women and children that come through the border one of the statistics that came through, it was like seven, I got to remember the exact number. It was like 70% or more of the women that were trafficked in through the southern border are sexually abused. Uh, and we're talking about also those that are minors and children in that case. It's pretty disgusting. The story of those that have been trafficked, you hear about what happens is they a lot of times give everything they got and the coyote whoever it is will say this is how much money we can get you into the country we'll give you three tries so if you get caught and kicked out or maybe turned away we'll give you two other tries after that so we're going to keep trying but you get three 
And what happens is that it's so appealing to come to the United States that they'll do everything. They'll sell everything they have. They'll scrape together whatever they have. They'll do whatever it takes. They'll get that dollar amount or peso amount or whatever. They'll give it to the coyote and they'll get onto the traveling. And what will happen is as part of that travel, the coyote will say, well, actually, we need more money from you. And the women say, well, we don't have more money. We give you everything we have. And they said, "Okay, I think we can come up with another arrangement. This is documented and widely documented. It's pretty disgusting. I think when you have a policy at the southern border that encourages and at least gives the impression that it's encouraged, that if you make it onto the other side, you're not going to be turned back into the Mexico side. You're going to be turned into the United States side. And there's a pretty high chance that we'll be able to put you on a bus any place you want. And then you'll just wait deportation if that day ever comes. Because the impression that a lot of these people get is that, well, that day may never come. You may not actually get a court date. And that was something that was brought up by Peter Ducey of Fox News today. There might not actually be a court date that is brought up after all of this. Isn't that something? I think this is the clip. Let me play this for you real quick. So here's Peter Ducey uh, mentioning it here. Now that Border Patrol agents in the Rio Grande Valley are letting adult migrants go without even issuing notices to appear, is the immigration policy just becoming more of like the honor system? That is an inaccurate depiction of what's happening uh, at the border. So there's no change in policy. Uh -huh, yeah, right. So if you're not giving a court date to appear, and maybe part of the reason was, even if you get a court date, um, the likelihood of you appearing all the way to sentencing is slim. I mean, it's like under 10% of those go all the way till sentencing. A lot of times they feel like, okay, we'll go and we'll show up to the first court date and we'll talk to a lawyer, a nonprofit or whatever it is, and we'll try to seek whatever. And they, they may go through the first date, but it won't be the final date where they actually get sentenced. And then they don't show up to the sentence. It's like over 90% don't show up to that last one. And then you have undocumented, whatever, living in the country. And ultimately, there might be an order for deportation, but you, you may never uh, see them again. And we have in our country at least a semblance of law and order. During the Trump administration, that was a big thing. There are laws. There is order. There are consequences for breaking the law. In the Biden administration, if you're talking about immigration and saying there is no consequence for breaking the law, then what do you think happens when the word gets out? The advertisement is there. The word of mouth is there. And they realize we can take advantage of this. People might want to come into our country and realize there's no repercussion if they get into here because ultimately they may be processed or not even processed if they can just get through. And then they won't have to get to a court date because they're not ordered to show up to a court. They may actually get um, a, a bus ticket or housing or stimulus money or anything like that. All of these things trickled into the minds of the people that have been on the fence about coming over here. No pun intended, I guess. But here also in the United States, when we don't have order or consequences for what you have, no wonder why there's a, a giant crisis at the southern border. At least some of the members of the press are picking this up. Uh, here's another moment from the press briefing earlier today. These photos show what we've long been saying, which is that the these border patrol facilities are not places made for children. Uh, they are not places that we want children to be staying for a extended period of time. Our alternative is to send children back on this treacherous journey. That is not, uh, in our view, the right choice to make. And so our focus now is on putting in place 
is on solutions and putting in place policies, including uh, expediting processing at the border, opening up additional facilities, something that you've seen developments on over the past several days, and there'll be certainly more on, restarting our uh, Central American Miners Program, which was stopped in 2017. Thousands of kids should be eligible to apply for that, so they're not making this journey. So our focus is on solutions and implementing them as quickly as possible. Oh my goodness. You know, here's the thing. They created the problem by allowing this to get to this point. They created the problem by allowing us and other, uh, allowing other countries and the people that live in those other countries to believe that if they were to get here, it wouldn't be a problem if they did. There wouldn't be a legal consequence to it. And we're talking also about battling some pretty tough COVID right now. It's we're not out of the woods. And that was even brought up here too. So you can't say we inherited this problem. No, you made the problem a lot worse purposely in the sense that you haven't decided to um, put court dates or anything else out there. You, you know what? Peter Ducey mentioned the word honor system. That's exactly what it sounds like is the honor system. So that is on you. I mean, you have to own that. Even ABC points out you have to own that. And they're not uh, uh, they're not an organization that is necessarily unfriendly to the, the Democratic Party when it comes to the White House and the Biden administration. You have to own that, but they're not owning that. Here's another one from Peter Ducey. Where else in the country would it be okay to have 400 people in a space for 260 during the pandemic? Well, again, Peter, our, we're closely following the CDC guidelines. That's why we're opening up additional facilities, why they've been at limited capacity in a number of these shelters. But if I may, I don't know that there are CDC guidelines that say you can be open. For the sh- are you talking about the shelters or are you talking about the Border Patrol? The border Patrol Apologies, I wasn't misunderstanding yes. your question. Yes. Look, I I think our objective is to move. This is one of the reasons this is such a focus every single day for the president and this administration. We want to move these kids as quickly as possible through these facilities and into the shelters where they where there is safe spacing and then move them into homes where there is safe spacing. And we are concerned about the public health impact. That's why we're putting in place a number of policies to expedite these processes. But at that first stop, it's just not happening. And that is part of the federal government that you guys are in charge of. Well, again, I think I've outlined for you specifically even a number of steps that we have taken and we are taking to expedite processing at the border to ensure we're expediting the timeline because these border patrol facilities are not made for children. We want to move them in part because of COVID, in part because they're not places that have the educational, the health resources and other resources that we believe these children should have access to. That's where all of our focus is on and why we're working to expedite things. We have a plan. We're implementing it. We're confident we're going to be successful. Okay, so let's highlight this. We have a plan. We're implementing it. So the crisis and the terrible conditions and everything that's down there is part of their plan. Now, keep in mind, they have admitted that's their plan. It's part of the plan. It's part of the plan. Let me point out also uh, how the two different uh, Trump administration, now Biden administration, handled this. And in a lot of ways, Trump administration's handling was we didn't ask for this. And there's certain laws what we have to do when it comes to children that are unaccompanied or whatever it is coming through the border. We have to make sure we can verify because we're not just going to give any child to anyone that comes by that may not be a blood relative of theirs because it could be more sinister than that. And that would be even worse to put... Uh, a child into the hands of a predator or something like that, because th- we're talking about a child's life and something like that. We totally understand those things. 
totally even during the Trump administration, totally understood that. Now, that was something that the Democrats did not understand. That was something that came out there and said kids in cages, kids in cages, kids in cages, nonstop on a loop for months and months and months. But you don't hear any of the Democrats yelling and screaming about it right now when things have even gotten a lot worse, when there's even more kids there and there's even more kids backing up. And now we're there in cramped quarters during covid where they could spread viruses along with each other and then ultimately send into the general population. Why don't you hear them yelling and screaming about it right now? You have to understand that the two administrations were held completely to different standards. And there is, I mean, objectively speaking, it is so worse right now, but they will not give the same criticism to the Biden administration. And even as the White House press secretary stands up there and tries to excuse all of these things, um, why aren't the Democrats yelling and screaming out here like the Republicans are if, it's, if it was the same thing? And it's, it's uh, just the... Politics as usual, I guess. You know, I'm getting a lot of text messages in right now. This is good. Why don't you call in 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120? I'll try to go through some of those messages coming up after the break. We'll take a look at your weather, too, on Overnight America KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. News Radio KMOX, the home of the Cardinals. We're going to have some of the text messages that are coming in. Thank you for those uh, about the southern border there. And it is a major issue, major problem. Uh, Maybe we can get back onto this at some other point. Uh, Maybe I'll move on for for it uh, because we're not getting any calls. I'm kind of surprised. I thought there would be a few people that would want to talk about that. But I I wanted to bring this up, too, because I saw this at KMOX.com and how appealing something like this is. The ability to give up all of your electronics for 24 hours seems like a dream to me. I don't think you'd have to pay me to do it, but apparently there is a company that is willing to do it. And I think most people right now would say life was better before all the smartphones and everyone was hooked to the internet and social media. I think about that. If, if you can hop into a time machine, would you want to go into the future and see everything and see how things are going and see flying cars and whatever it is? Or would you rather go back in time? And for me, I'd rather go back in time. It's strange. I would want to go to a time before there was the temptation of everyone checking the internet every five seconds, email alerts dinging in the background with text messages that you haven't read. I would love it if I didn't have to check social media or to see if someone messaged me about whatever or what it's what's trending. I don't want to know what's trending on social media. Like if I were to go to Twitter right now, I'm going to just tell you how pointless anything of this is. I haven't even looked at it. So I'm just going to guess. I'll be disappointed. Here's what's trending. Um, oh, Eric Greitens is trending. Wonderful. 
uh, trending about getting rid of time zones altogether. Uh, Dan Savage is trending. Don't know who that is. All particular, something political. Uh, Dan Savage is uh, column whatever. Okay, I could be perfectly fine without knowing all of these things. Don't I don't need to know any of it. And I would love to just go back and forget about all this, but it's impossible in today's world anymore. So this is where this uh, KMOX.com story kicks in. Could you give up technology for a full day? Unplugging could earn you $2,400. Reviews.org is challenging people to put down their devices for a 24-hour digital detox. No cell phones, no laptops, no tablets, no smartwatches. And if you're interested in doing that, the company will then choose one challenger and reward them with the money if they can keep their end of the bargain. So I would want to go in and I would want to sign up for this. It would be wonderful. I would take time off. I would try to just enjoy whatever time it is, maybe go on a vacation. There's nothing more miserable than thinking that you have to be on the clock 24-7. I got to say, it is a miserable feeling. I was, you know, I had one of those jobs before I came here to St. Louis where you were just on call all the time. If something went wrong, you were the one that got the call. You had to be responsible if something went wrong and to fix it. And you just had to know, even though there was no way of knowing, you had to know. And you're paranoid and you're constantly looking, you're constantly checking. Oh, did I miss something here? Did I miss something there? It was miserable existence. Didn't get paid enough money for that garbage. And in a way, that's kind of the trap we put ourselves into all the time. We do it without even thinking about it. Oh, I wonder if I got an alert. Oh, I wonder if so-and-so messaged me. Oh, I wonder if uh, this tweet got some likes. Oh, I wonder if on Facebook someone decided to share my post. I wonder if uh, that email was read. Oh, I wonder if... And then go down the line, and next thing you know, it's so bad that when you go into the bathroom, you can't even just sit there in your own silence without looking at the smartphone. Isn't that sad? You, you can't just You can't just have that solemn moment where you're not going to be bothered by anything else in the world, where it's just you in that one room and nothing could distract you. But still, you decide, oh, I'll just pop my phone up real quick. And while I'm sitting here, I'll maybe play a little app. I'll play some whatever game that you're addicted to. Uh, I don't need any of that. Maybe I should sign up for this digital detox. But I have to do it on a day when I'm not working. Or I'll just take a day off. Wouldn't that be something? Just enjoy a day with no electronics at all. It'd be so freeing. It probably is the same feeling you would get not wearing clothes. Like it would just feel you would feel naked. You'd feel bare, alone. It would just be that. So reviews.org challenging people to put the devices away. Uh, are you interested in doing that? There's a link to it at KMOX.com. And maybe you could sign up. Maybe I'll sign up. And let's do the challenge together sometime just for the fun of it with no actual money on the line company is also giving away gift cards, things like that. So I guess even if you're not picked, there's a chance for you to win some stuff. I'm all for it. Oh, Betty's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America, Betty. Hello. Hi. Hi. I have a comment. I mean, I feel sorry, especially for the children that have made this trip. And I mean, they're just lost and it's, it's heartbreaking. But also, I am a granddaughter of a Native American Indian. And we don't help those people. There's not much compassion shown to, to people that is on our own land. Hmm. When you say that, do you mean uh, what? What in particular would say your granddaughter 
doesn't have the same opportunities? Like, so what do you mean? I have the same opportunity, but there's a lot of children that I get all kinds of requests for donations for Native American children. And Mm. from Red Cloud to St. Joseph, you know, I wish we could do something to the people, for the people that are here. Are they living on a reservation? Yes, they are. Uh-huh. Okay. And while they're living on the reservation, is economically speaking, they don't have the opportunities and, and they're that hap- that's pretty common with a lot of different reservations, believe it right. or not. I, I mean I, they have schools, I will say that, but you know, the government won't let them drill for water on some of their land and they always need money for a new roof. I mean I just think our hearts should go out. To those kids, I really do. Not just because my great grandfather was on the Trail of Tears, but just because I just my heart goes out to him. Do you think that it's a Native American thing, or do you think it's just a poverty thing? So a lot of kids that are suffering, uh, whatever is the the problem, it, it's just because being in poverty is what is causing it. Well, yes, they're in poverty, but I think the government can help them more. Mm-hmm. Would you think that diverting resources to the southern border and then maybe people entering the country is the wrong priority when it comes to money? Do you think that we should be giving more to the people that already live here in poverty? Yes, I do. I think we should give more to the people that are living here because, you know, they need the help. I don't mean to be selfish, but they do need it. They really do. They do. And we, you know, it's discouraging when you look at spending $1.9 trillion and then you have all these billions of dollars that go out of the country that don't even help our own citizens. No, don't and even you, help them at all. I, I, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah it is and, terrible. And I mean, the, so many people really, I just donated money to help pay for a furnace in a school. Why couldn't they get that money from the government? Hmm. Okay. Well, Betty, I'm glad you called in. Thank you for that. Yeah, trying to beg for a furnace in your school is not a good look for the country. Infrastructure is a big problem when it comes to our buildings, our federal buildings, our roads, our bridges, major issues. And all this money we're spending on COVID makes you wonder how in the world are we going to be able to afford that? Because I don't know if we can. Even going back, as long as I can remember, we've been talking about this, but where are we going to get the money for it? And at this point, we're spending like drunken sailors and we're uh, no consideration of what's going to be happening in the future with all of this money we're already spending with things that we need desperately. And we think about, okay, why are we spending $150 million, $250 million here for the arts? Why are we spending a, a billion here? Why are we sending, spending out money? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? And we don't care because they dangle this little stimulus check in front of your face and they say, you just got to take it and be happy with it. But, you know, we're going to sell you out down the line. I hope it's worth the down payment of the struggles you're going to have in the future. It's pretty terrible. And we do have a lot of issues that we should be addressing domestically here first. What do you think the, the whole Trump philosophy is when it comes to make America great again or to, to, to put our best interest first as a country? The whole idea of Donald Trump as president was we have to take care of our own people first. And so many people fought him on that. I want you to think about how ridiculous it sounds now with all of the different issues that we have, with all of the different problems we have in the country. And we're looking at all of these other issues and problems that other countries have. And we say it is our responsibility to take care of them before uh, the kids in our own country. Just think about how ridiculous of a proposition that is when we don't have the money to begin with. You know, we have ourselves a lot of debt and we're thinking about trying to bail other people out at the same time, other countries out. How ridiculous of a thought that is. 
Uh, let's go to Dave who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, how you doing? Good. Hello? Oh, okay. Yes. You there? Okay. Anyway, yeah, you're exactly right there. I'll tell you what. Um, and the previous lady was right. you got to take care of your own people first. You, you listen, I'm an old geezer now. My family, I'm, we're all old. But um, you got to take care of your family first before you can help your neighbor and others. You gotta. That's just what you are. You know, that's the way we are as people. But anyway, these people coming across the border down there, and they keep saying kids, kids, kids. 90-plus percent of them are like 17-plus years old, so to speak. But how do you know their age? They could be 25 and say, you know, 30 even, and actually look young. And, um, you know, Hmm. they could say, there's nobody giving out their birth certificate with them. You know, they're not carrying that around with them, I'm sure. And, uh, in other words, these people that are coming across as kids, so to speak, I'm saying they're not kids. They are not kids. They're grown adults. A lot of them maybe uh, some guys are going to be joining up with uh, the MS-13 gang up here, you know, and doing yeah. uh, some really, you know, raping, murdering, all that kind of junk. Yeah, that MS-13 is no joke. And that raises another question I've never thought of when it comes to the general population and how that they manage the kids that are in there. So let's say someone is 25 and they claim to be 17 or 16 or 15. Are they put into the same type of conditions, the same type of housing as the younger ones? And if that's the case, could that lead to other issues in the future? Could, you know, recruitment for gangs or sexual assault, things like that. Well, in that case here, what you're saying is already has here in the United States, they did that. And these two Mexican guys who are older, they put them in a grade school, and um, they end up raping this young girl. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, both I of don't... them together raped the mm-hmm. heck out of her. And um, this was in, it wasn't down there even. It was actually, they did it somewhere, I think it was in, um, boy, I can't think of the state right now. It was somewhere in mid-America. But wow. um, uh, just terrible, you know, things like that. I don't recall that story, but man, it it opens the door for the possibilities of these things if we're not taking a, a serious approach to it. But Dave, thank you very much for the call. We'll take some more of your calls coming up after the break at 314-436-7900. So Dave calls himself an old geezer. It's been probably a decade since I've heard the term geezer. So I'm glad he said that. <laughs> because it's going to go back into the rotation of words I use. It's Overnight America, KMOX. Overnight America with Ryan Recker is sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. All right, let's uh, continue. Welcome back. It's Overnight America. I'm your host, Ryan Recker. These nights, they go by pretty quick. We've had some great guests tonight, too. So if you wanted to catch any of them on the podcast, they're up there. Just do a quick search for Overnight America. And Dane is holding on. Welcome. Hello, Dane. Well, good evening, Mr. Recker. How are you doing on this fine, uh, what is it, Monday already? I know. It's hard to keep the day straight. But, yes, it's a Monday. Yes, are you is. still in Illinois? Have you moved to Texas yet? No, I haven't. No, I'm still in Illinois, unfortunately. I'm, it's, I'm going it's going to be a little bit further. I'm thinking uh, sometime in 22 or maybe possibly 23. Oh, okay. So you got a little bit of time before that happens. Yeah, sure. well, okay. I got some, you know, I have to make sure of things. But anyway, I, you know, as far as this challenge is concerned, that $2,400 would be good. The only problem is I'd probably fail at it because 
I'd give up my iPad for 24 hours. But yeah. my only communications with my cell phone. Yeah. I don't have a landline, so. Fine. And, would and, you, for the sacrifice for a day, I think it would be worth it to me. And then on yeah. top of it, it would probably be refreshing. You probably get a better appreciation and to understand that how much wasted time we spend on those things. And as far as these kids, or the kids that's being brought over from, you know, on other side of the border, mm-hmm. you know, Dallas is going to get about about 3,000 of them. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot. convention center. And they said between 15 and 17. But like your caller said before, who knows if they're 15, 17, and who knows what kind of, what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of uh, alternative motives they have, you know, are they going to yeah. join a gang or recruit others to be in, a, you know, it's it's just shocking. And, yeah, I agree we need to help people, you know, but help us first and, you know, and just, you know, help us, help our country first instead of helping all these other people, filling out all these other countries. Yeah. You know, during this last stimulus, there were $1,400 checks that went out to adults, and the White House said this is life-changing money. $1,400 is life-changing money for Americans. And I thought, wow. Um, So it's something as little as that that you've been holding back on if you believe that's life-changing. But then again, the benefits that people may receive by entering this country, and they're not entitled to those certain benefits just because they were on the land. Uh, they were able to pick up some of these things as they got into the country, and we're allowing this to happen over and over again. You're denying those life-changing opportunities for the people in your own people here in order to supplement it for someone that's not entitled to them. And it's a it's a valid point a lot of people have been bringing up. But, Dane, thank you very much for the call. And I find that... Um, the conditions that we see, it's not like the conditions are terrible. When you go back and look at the Trump administration and the way these facilities were set up, if you remember correctly, the AOCs of the world, I don't know if she's credited with saying this, but they were out there yelling and screaming, oh, they're drinking toilet water. Things are so bad, they're drinking toilet water, which is totally not true. The difference between now and then is if you have a facility that's approved for, let's say, 200 people, but there's 500 kids that are inside of it, in a time of COVID, and you're going to be spreading and sending people around, unless you're vaccinating every single kid that comes through, um, you're going to find that exceeding the the fire code number, or whatever it may be, could be a bad thing that backfires. And that's a real concern. I don't believe that they are starving. I don't think that they are at a loss for clothes or other uh, amenities and things that I think we can apply and say we should feed and give them water and give them a place to sleep. And you can you can do all of these things and you could be overwhelmed at the same time. The big question is when you pack so many people in together and you're going against every guideline that you're enforcing on American citizens, how is it OK for you at a federal facility on the southern border allow something like that? Uh, let's go to David. Welcome to Overnight America. Ryan, how are you tonight? Good. Yeah, I just want to say, I think what a lot of people are missing, I, I think, because I understand it from both sides of the, of the fence, so to say, but I think you have to look at root cause. And a lot of these people, and I'm, I've, I've known some of these um, legals that have come over, they're hardworking people. They don't necessarily want to leave their own country, but they're kind of forced to from the cartels. I mean, Mexican government itself is, you know, they're pretty much in the bag to the cartels and they're, 
they're hamstrung. They can't really do as much as what they'd like to do because if not, you know, something can easily happen to their families. So I think it's, you know, it's high time. If we really want to help Latin America, you know, we start with Mexico. We, you know, we do some military action against the cartels. Hmm. That's all I have. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, and I think Mexico has to do more to fight that. But unfortunately, when it comes to the politics and politicians and those in power, uh, you're talking about a balance with them working with the cartels in a way to enrich themselves. I do want to point out that if someone were to try to enter this country through the proper means, through a port of entry, and they were using asylum and they're saying we are persecuted or we need asylum or whatever it is, this is a lot different than what we're seeing now when people are circumventing whatever wall was built before they stopped and halted that. They're going around or they're coming through the rivers or whatever it is, and we're capturing them when they get onto the side. And some are being turned back and some are being brought in because they made it far enough in or whatever. This is a lot different than those seeking asylum. They might be able to read the same script and say we're seeking asylum, but they're not going through the proper ways for it to work out. So that's a, you know, it's an interesting point that David brings up there. And there's no reason for us to say we can't be compassionate, but there's also no reason for us to say we can't be lawful and orderly, and we shouldn't be out there trying to encourage unlawful activity when it comes to immigration. All right, another hour of Overnight America coming up next. This is KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.